Thank you for tuning in to the October episode of the official NHSSCA podcast, podcast for high school strength coaches by high school strength coaches. As always, I am your host, Coach Andrew McGecky. My guest this month is Coach Michelle Toy. Coach Toy was formerly at Bellarmine College Preparatory out in California. She is now currently residing in the Houston, Texas area where she is beginning a journey of private strength training. Coach Toy was the 2023 NHSSCA State Coach of the Year for the state of California. I had a great time sitting down with Coach Toy and talking about women in strength and conditioning, how we can grow that side of the field, and how we can just empower women's sports in general. We also discuss authenticity as a strength coach and how she maintains her positive and energetic attitude on a daily basis and how she uses that to motivate her athletes. And then at the end, we sit down and discuss her, her, her why as to why she relocated and what that journey looks like and what her, uh, what her goal is moving forward. I think it's a fantastic episode, as always, and I think that you're going to get a lot of value out of listening to Coach Toy and her story and her perspective. So I hope you enjoy, and if you do enjoy, please leave us a rating and a review. It takes just a couple seconds. Let me know how the show's going. Let me know what I can do to make it better for you as a listener. The sponsors for this month's episode are Hammer Strength and Gym Aware. Hammer Strength has been building athletes for more than 30 years. Not just elite athletes, but those determined to train like one. Built to a higher standard, Hammer Strength's rugged performance strength equipment is the most durable on the market and is designed to withstand the most intense workouts. Inclusive of plate-loaded strength equipment, rugged racks, rigs, selectorized strength equipment, barbells, dumbbells, weight plates, and other training tools, Hammer Strength has you covered. Gym Aware, the only velocity-based training company with options. Choose your hardware, choose your software, and create a solution that suits your needs and budget. For more than 15 years, Gym Aware has been recognized as the world-leading velocity-based training solution for elite and professional training. Our reliability, portability, precision, and durability are second to none. We recognize that the same system used by professionals does not necessarily fit within the budget of many strength and conditioning coaches involved with club sports and high schools. In 2021, we went deep under the hood and integrated our Flex barbell sensor with our Gym Aware software. This makes for a powerful velocity-based training combination where budgets are constrained. Now enjoy the episode. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in to episode five, I believe. We have five already of the NHSSC podcast, podcast for high school strength coaches by high school strength coaches. I am joined by the wonderful Michelle Toy, coach. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. So I know you, we, well, I met you at NACCON. So I know you as the person, you know, as the coach that won the California strength coach of the year, but you said, okay, I got that strength coach of the year in that state. So now I'm going to relocate to Texas and now you're doing your own thing, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. So, but let's talk about what led to you getting into high school strength and conditioning and kind of just the genesis of that, you know, this career path for you and then how you ended up from California to Texas. 
Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, uh, I'm going to make a long story long, you know, everybody tries to make the long story short, but you know what? I, I have my opportunity to share and, and might as well. So, um, I was always an athlete. I grew up, I think from the age of four playing soccer, uh, I had a brother and sister that we were always playing in the yard, you know, old school going bikes. There was no cell phones. You had to play with kids in the neighborhood. So I was always somebody who was very active. And when I got into high school sports, uh, I think I, I thrived in my, in my opinion, uh, I play, I ran cross country. I played volleyball. I did soccer and basketball. And so just playing multiple sports and being able to, you know, kind of be in that uh, environment, uh, I really wanted to go to college and stay somewhat in that environment. And so I went on and I went to university of Hawaii, by the way, I grew up in Hawaii. So, you know, university of Hawaii was me staying in state, but uh, I went there, majored in kinesiology. Um, I did a a master's program in with an athletic training background. And so I actually ended up, when I finished college in 2011, um, I had both my CSCS as well as my ATC certifications. And so athletic training and strength and conditioning, I kind of, I, I really wanted to be able to help athletes if they got injured and be able to help get them back on the field, but as well as the sports performance side, like, Hey, if you are healthy, how do we, you know, get you off the bench and in the starting lineup or whatever that may, that goal of that athlete might be. And so for me, you know, getting into high school, it just kind of, I'm not going to lie for me, the stars were all, you know, the, the, the mind was set on pro. I have to be professional level in order to be successful. And then I did an internship just out of college at Stanford university. So then I was thinking, okay, collegiate, if I was in collegiate, I would still be successful. And never in my mind did it really click that, um, high school would kind of be where I landed yet. When I did rotations of my internships and things like that, I found that I had the absolute most fun at the high school level. I felt like I was, um, being, the most helpful to athletes at the high school level. And my, my personality could shine at that high school level because it, to me, it wasn't, it didn't feel like a business. It wasn't cutthroat, which is not my style at all. If anybody who knows me, I'm very positive, bubbly, passionate. And I think that high schoolers really, really gravitate towards that. And it's contagious at that level. And so I ended up at the high school level and even being in the high school level for several years, um, um, you know, I'm not successful. I always tell people I work with athletes. I never said I work with high school athletes. Cause as soon as I'd say I work with high school athletes, I felt like my success, you know, level or radar went down and, and to be honest, you know what, I, I think I'm at the point now, I don't know at what point I kind of jumped over to the other side of, of believing that high school athletes actually, or, or as a strength coach of, of, at a high school, that was the most successful position I could be at because it was the most important position um, in kind of an athlete's career, you know, I think only a percent or so go on to the next level from high school. And so for me, it was, it was my position that was actually the most important to send a, a, a student off to the next level or get them the best, um, you know, uh, learning experience that they can possibly have to set themselves apart from their peers. And so, yeah, high school is, is where I landed and, and high school is that, that age athlete and even just slightly younger in the middle school. Uh, it's, I love it. Absolutely love it. Where at, uh, in California did you coach? I was in the Bay Area in San Jose, California at a high school, Bellarmine College Preparatory. I was there for 11 years and great school, amazing support. Uh, absolutely loved 
the students there. So if any students are listening in, shout out. I love you guys. Um, I'm still a strength coach today because of y'all. So it's like, you know, I think for them, that energy that they they gave me and stuff is is the reason why I loved it and, and probably stayed so long and, and would probably go back. <laughs> One thing um, that I did want to touch on talking about California. So you were the NHSSCA, you know, state coach of the year. Congratulations. Um, well-deserved honor. I feel like, and maybe this is just because of the circles that I'm in, that high school strength and conditioning out West isn't as, you know, well-known per se in that regards. Like when I think high school strength coaches, I think of mostly people, honestly, like in the Southeast or East coast region and a little bit in the Midwest, you know, outside of uh, you and a very small select group of others like Nick Garcia and a few others, I couldn't name a lot of high school strength coaches in California. Am I just on the wrong side of strength coach Twitter or is it just not as prolific as, as it is, you know, in California as other parts of the country? You know, when I started out in 2011 at, uh, or actually, yeah, 2011 is when I started uh, or just got out, you know, got out of school, moved to California from Hawaii. Um, strengthening and I, I thought I was going into personal training or, you know, at Stanford, I was um, the internet Stanford. I thought I was going to go into colleges and I thought, College strength and conditioning was is pretty big. I think Stanford is big. Um, you know, Cal Berkeley, you go down to UCLA, USC, the collegiate strength coaches, I think that they are very prominent. High school, though, you, you're kind of right on, you know, hitting the the hammer on the nail there as far as as far as high school goes there weren't really actually coaches that were designated as high school strength, full-time strength coaches. I was the very first hired on at my private high school, right? And private, sometimes it can, can get things before public high schools can uh, actually almost always um, because they can, they can fund for it or a fundraise for it or, or, you know, whatever it is. And so I was the actual first full-time strength coach that, that the school Bellarmine had. And, um, I definitely, I think our conference, our, we played in the Western Catholic Athletic League, the WCAL League, and our school getting a full-time strength coach meant now another school. Well, Bellarmine has one. We need one. And then, okay, Bellarmine got another one, you know, a part-time one. We need a part-time. Okay. So then now over the last decade, it's kind of been like, okay, there's certain schools that will be your early adopters, right? They'll be the, the people who, or the schools that are not afraid to be different, you know, take the risk early on, put the money where, you know, the development, you know, might grow even more and separate them. And I definitely think states in the South beat us to it by decades, <laughs> you know, as far as you know, Hawaii. Hawaii still to this day, I think has one or two full-time strength coaches that are in the state of Hawaii as far as paid for being full full-time strength coaches. They're not PE teachers and strength coaches. They are just full-time strength coaches. You can count them on a hand. And so even that state, you know, my home is even farther behind. Whereas I come out to Cal or excuse me, I come out to Texas. I'm just outside of Houston and it's, you know, there's eight strength coaches. Granted, a lot of them are also team coaches or sport coaches, but they're all strength coaches and there's just a number of them. And so um, there's pros and cons to that one. But I think that California, you just haven't heard of it because it's now becoming more of a norm. And so hopefully over this next decade, you know, more people can be recognized from the West Coast that, you know, and then 
I think we get recognized in the West Coast when we actually win more things um, championship wise. Uh, I know Southern California is definitely a very competitive, uh, you know, you got a bunch of schools down there. Oh, a tremendous amount of schools down there that are just, they're starting to step up. You're like, wait, that's a California school. That's top five in the nation for, you know, I'm I'm just going off of either basketball, football, sometimes volleyball, water polo, water polo. We have everybody beat. I'll give it to you. West coast. We got that locked. But uh, as far as, uh, as far as kind of the big, the bigger sports go, at least the focus of bigger sports, I like all sports, but the focus of kind of your bigger sports, California is starting to be put on the map. And I really do truly think it's because the importance of strength and conditioning has been now brought into the schools where now we don't just have one strength coach. We have two, we don't just have one athletic trainer. We have two or three athletic trainers. So not only does the recovery side, the importance go up, but also the performance side went up. So what I'm taking away from that is you're a trendsetter. I, I'd like to be that that first 10% that try things out and be like, you know what? See what happens. That's right. You became yeah. a strength coach and then you became the envy of the conference and now they all have strength coaches. So, right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh, so, you know, like I said, you, you and I kind of became introduced at NatCon. And one thing before you and I ever had a conversation, you stood out in, in the most positive way was because I think, I think it was when you, you, I don't know if it was when your award got down or whatever, but you just let out this most energetic, whoop, like really loud scream in the air. And you were, you know, dancing on your way to the stage and everything like that. And it was awesome. It was infectious. And you mentioned, you know, your bubbly personality just a little bit ago, the keynote speaker at NatCon, uh, Joe Ken on Saturday night talked about you know, kind of the soft skills of coaching. He touched on a lot of things. And one of his big points was don't be that rah-rah, overly energetic person if that's not who you are because it's fake and kids don't like fake and all these things. But immediately in any interaction with her, you can tell that that's not fake. Like this, you're just a genuinely energetic, positive person. How do you maintain that every day in the weight room? When Have you always been that way? Just kind of touch on that and how you maintain that infectious energy level. Yeah. Well, going back to the talk that you're just referring to, you know, I wrote that down how it's kind of like he's coming from, and actually most strength coaches, I believe come from a very disciplined, like they have very structured in their, in their weight room. And as far as the, you know, counting, everybody's counts together. And it's very, uh, I'm just going to say kind of authoritative of a approach. And that's the most opposite from me. Um, and so for me, that almost to be that different, right. To be feeling like I have to be forced into this, this lane of, you know, in order to be a successful strength coach, you have to have that discipline, that authoritative nature. You can't be that raw, raw person to me. Again, I, I like that. He then said that if it wasn't genuine and because of the fact that I, Literally, and I think everybody at my school or anybody I've ever worked with, my authentic self, I cannot hide it. I can't, I can't fake it. You know how they say fake it till you make it? I'm sorry, I can't fake it. I literally am going to be who I am. And yes, I was like that as a kid. I started, you know, mom would dress me in certain things and I'd come out of the room and something else because I wanted to do it my way. <laughs> And so, um, you know, I think that, that energy, that personality, that skills, I think a lot of that, that became part of me at a real early age. I had a lot of fun as a kid. I did, I truly did. And I think 
that me having fun and love and support around me, um, that's what allowed me to be confident with my energy. And so even though being in a very, I'm just going to say it, male-dominated industry with a very, I'm going to say very similar coaching style, you know, most strength coaches have kind of that similar coaching style. I don't know where I went off and took a, you know, the beeline the other direction, but my, I lead with, with passion and energy um, well before knowledge, to be honest, because I think energy is, is contagious and everybody in that room, once you can feel the energy, then the work, I think the work has already been done because half the time we're just trying to get our athletes, especially kids that have to be there right in high school, they have to come with their team. It is mandatory to get there at seven in the morning, six in the morning, whatever it is. And to be honest, you know, telling you, you got five by five of this or three by 10 of that, that's not going to get me going. You know, for me, it's, it's having somebody I can feed off of, you know, one, one thing I, I think I, I really shined on was during COVID. Um, and it made me even more confident with who I was as a person and my coaching style. And we had one of our, he was a sophomore at the time, but he was a very, he's a very good football player going to be playing. He's playing in college this year and he was in my PE class and over, over COVID, we all were remote. We are all online. We had the ability to be able to be in screens. Everybody had a computer already at our school. And so we are all online and, and my class, you know, everybody struggled as teachers with being able to get kids on the screen, like actually turn your camera on. Right. And for me, I just, you know, I didn't force it. I said, Hey, look, this half of the class, every other day, you have to turn your camera on and this half of the class you're on the other days. And so it allowed them for one day each or two or three days each week to be like, yes, I'm the off day, but they always had the option to turn it on if they wanted to, but I never really had to force people to turn it on. I really didn't care if I was looking at their ceiling, you know, like I, for me, I wanted them to feel what I felt. And so I had all this energy. I would do every workout with them, which kept me actually in really good shape over COVID, which I was blessed for, but we did things like a deck of cards workout and we turned it into naturally organically a competition like before the bell rings quote unquote the bell because there was no actual bell we were all in our own houses but before class ends let's try to get through two whole rounds of a deck of cards you know where diamonds is push-ups and spades is squats you know I think we've all kind of been there but the biggest thing was we got to a point where one of the classes like coach I think we can get through two and a half let's go and all of a sudden it was like this, that was, that came from energy, you know, that came from the enthusiasm and this quote unquote, as other coaches view me rah, rah, you know, and, and I got more work out of those kids than I bet most trainers out there. And, and to this day, I got people telling me, my students, not just any people, my students telling me that, you know, when people ask them, you know, what was your favorite class over COVID? And they'd say, you know, PE. They're like, how was PE your favorite class? How do you even do weight training online? And and so shout out to all those kids that had me during COVID because literally we had the best time ever because it was about energy. And so when you take that now and you put that in person, it's, you just, you get kids that want to squat more or deeper, or they want to listen. They want to keep learning more. They come in during their free periods. They ask you more about nutrition. They, they tell you days where they're struggling mentally. 
they are so open because all of a sudden, you know, they have that, that trust. And that's because you are being your authentic self. And if your authentic self is open and welcoming, I'm telling you, you can touch a lot more, um, you can touch a lot more hearts and, and of these kids and really get them to buy in. I don't like that term buying in because that means I'm forcing you to do something. I get more kids participating at the level that I need them to participate at because of who I am, not what I do. And I think that, you know, kind of is a message for strength coaches out there that I guess indirectly I'm, I'm sending is that at NatCon when, you know, everybody was getting their award, you get this real low clap. Yay. Congratulations. Um, there's several of us that got awards and I I'm pretty sure I'm actually 100% certain I was the loudest one that received my award. And I jumped up, like you said, I ran down there. I was like, let's go. You know, I, sorry for the mic just yelled into that one, but, uh, but even you heard it where you were sitting, people in the back of the room heard it and everybody around me. I don't think any one person was like, huh, like, why are you celebrating? No, everybody was like, yeah, it, it, it made everybody else feel like we we're actually celebrating something. And so if we don't celebrate those, those small wins, like winning just state coach of the year, if we don't celebrate that as an actual strength coach group, then is it really important for us to get that award period? You know, if we don't celebrate it, does it matter? And celebrating, I don't mean balloons and cake and all that stuff. I mean, recognizing each other and saying right on, like, let's go. Good job. You know, thanks for being you and and inspiring us. And so then when I get my award next year, speaking of other people, right, hopefully we actually cheer louder and it becomes a more eventful night because I want it to be fun. I want to be able to celebrate each other in the strength coach world, especially at the high school level, because we work our butts off. You, Andrew, you work your butt off each and every day. I mean, right now you're doing this podcast during a prep period at school, in work, fitting it all in. That's just what us high school strength coaches do. And I think we should celebrate each other when we get that award and that award should mean something. And yeah, I mean, so I think I've always had this energy long story, you know, recap, not short. Cause I know I'm not short. I'm, I'm five foot three short. That's the only short you're going to get from me. But as far as, as far as it goes, I would love to, you know, get to the next NatCon, which is going to be in Texas. And just that, that awards night, just be everybody woohooing and, and, and cheering each other on and running up to the stage. Like it's the price is right. And you know, whatever it may be, and celebrating each other because I think we all with our hours that we work and things like that and what we do, not just as strength coaches, but PE teachers or administration or a sport coach or, you know, the spirit leader or whatever you do at your school on top of it, run clubs. Yeah, you you deserve the woohoo, you know, let's get it. So I love that. Absolutely. And you know what? The the challenge is out, the glove's been thrown down. Next year at NatCon, everyone's on their feet screaming and celebrating or you're out. All right. Yeah. Give you the boot. And if you don't give it to me, I'm going to give it to myself. You That's know? right. And at the raffle, too. I think the raffle, I think uh, my first NatCon was in, in Nashville the year before. And I got one of the the I law of attracted my, you know, the, the raffle ticket that I won. And 
I think again, I was the loudest person that cheered for getting that that prize. <laughs> so I think we need to just be happy when things like that happen to us. So yeah. No, I love it. I, I absolutely, I'm all for it. Uh, next year in Texas, I'm going to bring the mic and we're going to do a volume check. Yes. Every every award recipient. All right. Um, so you did touch on something that was, you know, kind of the next main talking point uh, for this interview was that we are in a male dominated field, right? When people think strength coach, high school, collegiate, professional, whatever, they're probably going to picture someone that looks more like me, 300 pounds, beard, tattoos, and usually an inner drink, energy drink glued to my hand, as opposed to a five foot three blonde lady. So how, like, was that ever, you know, let's just dive into that. Has that ever been one intimidating or, you know, has that ever bothered you? And then, you know, kind of from, from your experience, but then also, you know, what can we do to, to get past, you know, to fix that? The NHSSCA has made a huge push for unity. They started a unity council last month, last month's episode. I spoke with Peter Noonan about how do we, you know, break this barrier over racial and ethnical, you know, um, backgrounds. Now let's, you know, let's, I, I'd like to discuss kind of, you know, the gender part of it because we have amazing female strength coaches um, at the high school sector, collegiate sector, whatever. I mean, the amount of times I've taken something away from listening to Missy Mitchell Macbeth or Amanda Berg or countless others. I mean, it, it's, I, I could fill notebooks, you know? And so, but I feel like that the notion is that it, you know, because it's statistically, it is a male dominant field. Um, but how can we, you know, how can we change that necessarily? You know, how can we make it more even? How can we make it more alluring to female strength coaches, things like that? Yeah, thank you. That was like that. 30, that was like 30 questions. I'm sorry. Questions in one. <laughs> All right, we'll start with back at the beginning. Is it intimidating or, you know, to be in a male dominated industry? Um, I didn't realize it was a male dominated industry until maybe another female brought it up to me um, even just a few years ago. And maybe not even a female. I think maybe the first person that made me realize I was a minority in my own profession, which is, you know, I just do me. I think that's one of the gifts is I have, it's not blinders on. I just don't care about the norms in a sense where I don't, I'm not trying to be just a, a status quo. You know, I'm not trying to check that diversity box off when someone hires me, but it does make me think, was I a box that just got checked off? At my school, absolutely not. I love, you know, I think I got hired on for my for my energy and 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 you know the knowledge background that I had in both sports medicine and strength. But walking into my very first day of work, and I, I've mentioned this on a previous podcast, um, gentlemen, just kind of like you, you know, six foot four, whatever it was, a male, um, very large individual, very stern. Um, that was the the quote unquote welcome. And that welcome was, um, I don't know what, what your contract said, but uh, football is not part of it, meaning get out of my weight room. That was my welcome. And so I was like, okay, well, I got hired on this job. I'm going to work with everybody else that you don't work with, right? And that's what ended up happening. I think I, I really shined with some of the outside sports. I didn't never actually, never to this day got to work with football, Um and that's okay because, well, I never got to work with the football players as a team. I did get to work with them individually when they came in, either in my class or uh, on free time, free periods or things like that. But, you know, being able, if I am being kicked out due to a sport, 
imagine, and I'm the strength coach actually hired at the school. Imagine the other athletes or sports being kicked out of the weight room because of this quote unquote, I'm just going to call it, you know, main sport in my eyes, the, the, the top priority, the biggest moneymaker, whatever it is, how it got to be its top priority, the most clicks on the newspaper online, whatever it may be. Other sports are also a minority, right? So you know what, let me, let me empower them. And if I'm in that group and I can, you know, if I'm in a minority group being a female, um, then I guess there's more power to it, you know, that I can inspire sport. I love, absolutely love working with cross country yet. People will say, um, does cross country even need to lift or be in the weight room? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I mean, to be honest, cross country is sprinting just really long time, at least with the world records that are today. You're literally, I'm sprinting for two hours. What, who does that? But as far as me, you know, being a, a female, I never, ever saw myself as a, a minority due to my gender. I would always see it as my knowledge or my ability to be able to interact with people. And I think that's what probably allowed me not to get sucked into that, that whole realm of, you know, um, or, or just the awareness of the fact that, you know, maybe I was treated differently. Right. Um, and so I'm sure I was treated differently left and right. I just never saw it or I never paid attention to it. Or I just felt people were treating me as me or, or like who I was not because of what I looked like. And we all know that's not the case, you know, left and right people get treated differently based on who, you know, how they look or what their skin color is or, or what their ethnicity is, or if they're, or if they're male or female. And as far as, as far as people, uh, listening to me uh, or my ideas, listening to my ideas. Um, again, I don't like people buying into what I'm doing. I want them to be inspired by what I'm doing and then want to come over to join me in a sense, right? I'm not going to say the dark side, but <laughs> come over to the dark side, you know, because there's difference between, I, I listened to a TED talk. There's difference between leaders and those who lead. And there's a lot of times people put in these positions that are that are leaders by definition of their, their position, right? I am the athletic director. I am the principal. I am the president. I am the coach, right? These are all just power positions, but that does not mean that those are all leaders, but that does not mean they lead. And so for me in my position, yes, I'm, I'm coach. And that is a leader position, quote unquote, but I want to be, I've always wanted to be someone who, led. And therefore I, I inspired people to follow me and created more people who lead as opposed to just, you know, being a leader by definition of my title. And so being a female strength coach, I think a lot of females out there, we do a fantastic job at just being those who lead. And we, and we may not get recognized as much for it. And maybe that's why there aren't as many female strength coaches, but it's my understanding that I think, I mean, I've been in this for over a little over a decade and I never thought about it. So I would assume our numbers are going up. Um, the more that female athletics gets put on the map as athletics, I think then 
females in the profession of training those said athletes can then also increase. So when, you know, the USA women's soccer team was fighting for equality and payment, you know, they have more viewers watching the women's world cup this past year than the men's. It's like, you know, let's, let's pay the players or highlight the teams for that. And then therefore inspire, you know, obviously they're inspiring more young athletes, female athletes to come up. I think it's safe to say, and where I'm kind of going with this, I think it's safe to say that almost every single one of us in this profession have played sports at, at one or time in our lives. Like Andrew, have you, did you grow up playing sports at all? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. My colleagues all have played sports. And I think that our love for the profession wasn't, I'm going to be a strength coach at age five, <laughs> not even at age 10, probably not even at age 16. Right. I still at, at some point, I still wanted to be a, an athlete. Right. We all started out as athletes. And I think how do we get more female strength coaches or at least more equality? I don't know what exactly we're, we're trying to fight for here. But I mean, I think um, the numbers, I think it's more so just the numbers of of actual female strength coaches, the ratio of male to, to women. I think it's like 80 percent male and 20% women now, somewhere around there. How do we get that a little bit closer to 50-50? I think it's it starts with athletes, athletes at, and I think we do a really good job at the high school level. I remember me as a female athlete, I um, we always had people at our games, whether it was volleyball, you know, like I said, soccer, basketball, we always had the boys team supporting the girls team and, and vice versa. When you get to college, you start to see that drop off a little bit more. Not at the University of Hawaii. University of Hawaii, volleyball was sold out, you know, Dave Shoji and, you know, legendary coach at university of Hawaii for women's volleyball was those games were sold out. And I don't even think all the men's games for volleyball were sold out, but you know, how do we get, so women's volleyball, I think is huge. You know, I think there's a lot of, a lot of visibility there, but you know, did anybody pay attention to women's tennis, you know, now having kind of the, the new records being broken and, and things like that, okay, there's a little bit more of that media being portrayed on women's athletics in those other sports, right? The minority sports. And I think that's what's really going to help um, lift up women in general in the profession is lifting up the sports, not just one or two sports, all sports, all women's sports. And to be honest, even for the men's side of things that don't get love in there, you know, I hear all the time about men's golf, right? But, you know, name five women professional golfers. I can name one or two. That's about it. Right. So, I mean, just in the media, if we can get more women's athletics out there, then I feel like we can get more interest in the field of sports for women and then go from there. Absolutely. I think that's a, a really great perspective to have on it. You know, in the, in the setting I'm at, I work with sports, every sport, quote unquote, besides football, kind of like in the, you know, in the same capacity you were and girls track, volleyball, softball. Uh, my most dedicated group is this group of softball girls. And that's just one of the, you know, it's kind of one of those outlier sports where, you know, the, where it doesn't get all the attention like football does or basketball. And so like, I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you bringing attention to those and making those programs feel validated and important is a huge step in the right direction. I, I think you, you really hit the nail on the head with what you were saying there. I do want to ask the, the, the big, not so nice six foot four guy said, you're not dealing with football, but you know, did you have any issues with male athletes in other sports 
when you started like buying into what you were saying? You know, for me, day one, going over rules and everything, I was like, hey, here's a video of me benching 385. And so they're like, oh, this guy's strong. He knows what he's doing. You know, kind of thing. It's like easy in the sense that like for for me to get buy into some to some degree in that sense of like, oh, this guy is strong and I know he works out. Maybe you bench 385 or more. I could be wrong. Yeah, I, have, no, yeah. I, I do. That. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that video helped me too. No, I'm just playing. Um, no, I think for me, I just get gained attention right off the bat. I lined, I had a, my very first team in high school was lacrosse and there was 40 guys. So 40 guys in a brand new weight room, brand new, tiny little me over here just got hired and I lined them all up and we did kind of this, um, I don't even know what I call it, like a warrior warm up or something where they are just all in these rows and they are doing it all together, synchronized. And then the first day we, we were doing work capacity stuff. So I it was very, very, you know, like beginning of the school year. So it's farthest season for lacrosse being in the spring and we did a circuit and I, this is not my intention, but three guys threw up. And so I think based on that, well, the circuit itself was just basic exercises. You know, there's a push pull, there's a, you know, lower body, upper body, there's some core, there's a little bit of cardio in it, um, just all mixed in into 10 different stations. And they had to go through whatever, 20 seconds on 25 seconds off, something like that. Right. And it was just give the effort of what you wanted. Right. Well, of course, brand new weight room, male, male egos, high school, male egos, they went to full capacity. Right. And it had nothing to do with me necessarily being strong or whatever. It was all to do with their own, their own selves. When you have a mirror and you're in a class, what do you look at? You look at yourself in the mirror. You don't, you really, okay. Occasionally you may glance at your friend and see how stupid they might look or how stupid you look compared to them, whatever it may be. But we genuinely 90% of the time look at ourselves. So when we're in this setting in the weight room, they're not in there caring about what I do. I mean, yes, that gains you some respect, but they, they don't, they, they're in there for them. And once I think our coaches realize that it's not about the what or the how it's about the why. So why are they there and how can I connect with them on their why <laughs> they're going to do all kinds of things for you or that you ask them to do. And so for me, I think it was the why I was there and obviously my energy, but it was the why I was there. I was like, guys, we're, we're going to have to knock off this, this summer slush that we all gained and get back into it. You know, do you guys want to ease into it? Or do you guys want to go, you guys want to see where we're at? And they're all like, let's see where we're at. You know, like again, that competition and that 16 year old brains, like, let's go for it, coach. What you got? And then they're like, oh shoot. Okay. She, um, can we ease into it, please? Like, this is tough. And so it was like, you know, the easing into it is, is what you're capable of. I didn't say to go your max. I said, we're doing this for 20 seconds. Do, you know, do you, right? And so you pushed yourself. And so once you realize that I have the power to inspire you within, and I didn't, you know, I didn't have to yell at you, let's go five more. I didn't have to do that. Um, I just say after that, I was like, man, Johnny just hit five extra ones. Let's get it. I celebrated him. And then what did that make the next kid want to do? five more like Johnny did, you know, like, so to be honest, you know, how do you earn respect in there? I think you see the kids worth and you make them feel their own worth because I think in today's age, um, your mental health is huge. It always has been, but there's obviously a, a light, you know, a light on it. And if we can get kids to be inspired by themselves, then that means they don't need me. I, I prefer them not to need me. Because we all know that the kids that make it to the next level do things on their own. We we know this. And as long as I give them the tools of, of what to do when they're on their own or to inspire them to do things on their own, 
that makes me a great coach. And to be honest, I think I got strength coach of the year, not because the X's and O's. I honestly half the time probably trained kids incorrectly over the last decade, you know, as far as shoot, I left them in a plateau way too long, you know, whatever. I didn't track for all these years, right? Like I didn't have the technology at my fingertips to do velocity-based training. And uh, I, God forbid, don't have a 1080 sprinter or, or force plates, right? So without all of that, without being able, you know, we track things on an Excel spreadsheet, you know, printed that bad boy out. But what really made me, the coach of the year, able to highlight, I don't care whether it's male or female. I think it's just a, as a coach in general, kudos for being a female though. That's at my stature, right? It, at an all boys school. I worked at a high school that was an all boys school. So I actually haven't worked with female athletes for very long, but the idea is, is it's, it's understanding that this, the students and what really motivates somebody on the inside. And I think that's what gives you power as a coach to really get kids to do things it's, it's not your size, Andrew. I think it's what it's, it's the energy you gave to the kids possibly after you shared that, that video, right? I think for you showing up to the kids every day on time or early, having things set up, being direct with them, checking in on them. That's what makes you a great coach, Andrew. Not the fact that you listed 365, you know, whatever percent percentage of that body weight it might be. I mean, it may have got their attention right off the bat, but at the end of the day, what keeps them coming to you is more so kind of what's what's on the inside and what really what really connects you guys on the inside. Well, way more than what connects you on an Excel spreadsheet. Oh, absolutely. OK, so, Coach, you are now in Texas outside of Houston. You're on your own now. You're outside. You know, you're away from the all boys schools. You're you're doing your own thing. Private sector life. Why the transition and how's that been for you? The Texas is different, right? I always thought that. um you know, I never saw myself at, at one place for a long, a long time. You know, I always called it commitment issues in a sense, but it's kind of like, I, I just went with the flow. And at this point it, it, it was in my life where I was like, I'm young. I still have no kids. Um, I'm no, you know, not attached to anything. Now's my time to take a risk. And so um, as far as, as far as when that time should have come uh, this past year that, you know, things at the school and, and, and where I was and, and things I felt in my position. Uh, that's when I knew I was like, okay, this is kind of the year I think I want to jump ship and try something different. Private sector scares the crap out of me. I'm not going to lie. I, it's, it's not rainbows and, and butterflies, you know, it's, it's different type of work, you know, whereas at the school, I was definitely in my element, you know, being able to, to wear many hats here. I'm a marketer here, your business here, your, you know, working a lot of times or, or for zero, right. Like for kind of like re real estate, right. Like, it's like, yeah, cool. You get the sale beautiful, but how many hours did you put in to do that? I think the private sector, it, you know, I, I definitely took it for granted when I thought, you yeah, like, I'm going to jump out here and just be totally successful. That door slammed in my face in the second week. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to be vulnerable. You know, it's like, it makes me appreciate what I had at the high school. Um, I don't think I ever took it for granted. I 100% put my heart into that school and would continue to put my heart into that school. But being out of my own, I miss the energy of the school. You know, I miss having kids come up and then you had to kind of get them motivated to the workout, 7 a.m. at 7 p.m., whatever it was. Here, it's kind of like, I'll work with anybody. I just need your energy at this point, you know? So We'll have to we'll have to catch up at NatCon again this year to see how things have gone. Maybe do a 
another another round of this. But at the end of the day, you know, I think high school strength coaches, um, they're a special being. I definitely know I'm one. I'm one. And as far as as being in the private sector goes, I know that it's uh, you know, I thought I was going to be working with elite athletes and stuff. And trust me, I definitely am um, having the opportunity to do that. But I miss my kids, you know, so reaching out in the private sector, I'm reaching out to different uh, club teams to work with and things like that, starting a little bit younger um, than the high school level. But I, you know, the, I think the one thing I love and I'm hopeful for is to be able to do that long term development, seeing an athlete from seven years old and going all the way through high school maybe in the college, however long their athletic career takes them, I would love love to be there with them for that. Shout out to all the trainers out there that have been able to see kids from a young age and continue to work with them over the years. I think high school, I just get the four years, the four years. A lot of times it's two years because let's face it, as freshman year, a lot of times we don't get to work with the freshmen because they're the least priority. You know, they're not the varsity sport things of that nature. And I, I think now I get the opportunity to work with kids that are younger and because it's the private sector, you can, as long as you build that great relationship, which to be honest, I'm going to have no trouble with, that's my strength. I know that. And it's really just going to be, okay, you know, how can I get myself into, you know, everybody knowing what I do and who I am and how I can help. That's the hard part. That's the different marketing that I'm not, I'm just not used to, um, no experience in, in, in itself. So that's it's it's been a, it's been rough but at the end of the day having this this recording and having this podcast helps to remind me like what's actually important and it's again it's not the x's and o's it's going to be you know the heart on the inside and the the emotion that you get to to share and you can hear my voice like I'm I'm emotional but at the end of the day you know I just want to help people so yeah I think I think you're absolutely going to do that I think you're going to crush it I and I'm I know anybody that's listening wish you the best of luck in this newest venture of yours. I think you're gonna crush it and I can't wait to catch up at NatCon and hear about just all the people that you're impacting with your positivity and coaching. And I, I think it's gonna be great. Um and I commend you I you know just for even taking that step. You know, there's so many people that you know, like, oh, I would love to, you know, I would love to do my own thing or I would love to, you know, blah blah blah, get out of the bureaucracy of high schools and just go do my own thing and then no one ever does because for whatever reason they're scared they're timid they don't think they have the resources the opportunity and so kudos for you for even just taking that step so yeah well of course coach i'm gonna call it there this has been a fantastic interview thank you so much for your time this has been great You, you you touched on so many wonderful things and made so many great points and i the amount of value that people are going to get out of this is just fantastic. And I can't thank you enough for, for sitting down and talking with me. Sorry for getting you a little emotional there. At the no, end. It's, I mean, it, it's just me. Where can the listeners, uh, you know, reach you? I know you're on Instagram. Oh yeah. So coach underscore toy coach underscore toy. You are in the Houston area and you need some positivity and some energy and some quality strength uh, conditioning. Reach out to coach toy. Thanks again for listening and coach. Thank you again for your time. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it.